As always, I learned a lot at this year's podcast movement convention, and I'm going to share with you today. And now, a look at this week in podcasting news. It's the Jag Show Podcast. Welcome in. I'm John Gay. You'll notice I shortened the intro to this podcast. I talked to some listeners of the show at Podcast Movement, and the consensus was that while a bunch of artists saying my name sounds pretty cool, it really has nothing to do with podcast news. It's great for my ego, but that's about it. Also, after a week of networking and socializing, my voice isn't 100%, but going to try to make it through today. Podcast Movement started out with Kate Erickson of the successful podcast Entrepreneur on Fire. She talked about podcast workflow in four steps idea, commitment, support, and plan. She also discussed tools like an application form for guests, an online scheduler, Google Alerts, and more. My big takeaway was the Google Alerts. If you find yourself coming up short on topic ideas for your podcast, use Google Alerts for the topic of your show. There's a link to Kate's workflow uh, in today's show notes. The keynote we were all waiting for Wednesday morning, Tom Webster of Edison Research. People always ask, how can I grow my audience? What they should be asking, according to Tom, is why did it stop growing? And the reason is people stopped recommending your show. Recommendability. Know who you're here for and why they're here. Make the show easy to recommend. Master your craft, a.k.a. be recommendable. It's about getting people to share your content. Uh, Webster also bullish on soon-to-be-released Facebook audio tools. Facebook, as you may know, is still the biggest social media player. And among non-podcast listeners, it's even bigger. Think folks that might skew a little bit older, folks who aren't super tech savvy. They're still on Facebook. So if Facebook users can get access to podcast content, that's going to be a growth opportunity for all of us. Uh, Tom Webster also says that in 2021, YouTube has become a major player in podcast discoverability. In fact, it's now third in terms of apps behind Spotify at number one, Apple at number two. Now think about it. Google search still a dominant way to find a podcast. And Google owns YouTube. You've Googled something and seen YouTube results. So if your podcast is on YouTube and the description of the show is search engine optimized, you'll pop up in search results. Now, this isn't to say you have to have a video version of your show, but at least put the audio with your logo up on YouTube with a good description. It'll help your searchability in your SEO. Email, an important tool in marketing your podcast. Great session I went to from Megan Nesta of Aweber. Social media is great, but if you post your podcast on social with nowhere else, you're dependent on somebody else's algorithm to show up to people. Email will let you reach your audience directly, and you can, of course, see data on open rates and click-throughs. It's also a great way to build a personal connection for your brand and offer bonus content. You should have an email list for your podcast. Another great Wednesday session, Todd Cochran from Blueberry. Having a website for your podcast, absolutely crucial. Now, I caught Todd in the Starbucks line the next morning. He told me that you don't have to have a separate website for your show if it's a branded podcast. You're trying to direct people to your website like I do. But if your show stands alone and it's its own entity, it needs its own website, not just the host website that you get from your podcast host, blah, 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 dot simplecast, dot libsyn, dot blueberry, whatever it is, because you can actually be penalized for other shows on that same domain that aren't ranking as well. You need to have your own podcast website. However you do it, whether it's on your own website or through uh, your podcast website, with Google search so big, search engine optimization, SEO, that is key. Uh, Todd's action items include having great episode titles and supporting show notes, making it easy to subscribe, contact, and listen, 
asking for reputable backlinks to your content from folks maybe that were on your show. Google loves backlinks. And making sure that your website is not just mobile friendly, but mobile first. It's got to show up well on a mobile device. People are consuming more and more web content on mobile as opposed to desktop at this point. Uh, as Wednesday wrapped up, I saw my buddy Jay Nackless from Coleman Insights talking about using blue ocean strategy to find your podcast niche. If you don't know the blue ocean analogy, red ocean is where the sharks are looking for chum, but blue ocean wide open with endless possibilities. So for example, your science podcast might have a lot of competition, but if you focus in on just chemistry, you'd be more unique. Jay's other analogy, there are podcasts about the Golden State Warriors, but none specifically about Steph Curry. If you niche down your podcast, you've got a greater chance of success. Thursday's opening keynoter was Shark Tank entrepreneur Mark Cuban. He and co-founder Fallon Fatemi, I think I'm saying that right, were talking about their Fireside platform. Now, the idea behind Fireside is that you'll get better real-time analytics than podcast hosts. But I gotta say, the whole session turned into an infomercial, real turnoff, where Fallon and Mark kind of became pigeons and they made podcasting their park bench. This is in front of an audience of podcasters. Read the room, guys. Not only did you shamelessly pug your new adventure, you insulted your audience in the process. Probably even less likely to check out Fireside now. I was not alone, also from people talking to you in the hallway. Very poorly received. On the flip side, my highlight Thursday was Rob Walsh from Libsyn and his annual Yes, That Marketing Advice for Your Podcast is BS. His 2021 version, very informative. A lot of takeaways here. Now, I've spent a lot of time dunking on Apple Podcasts in this show in recent weeks, but according to Libsyn stats from Rob, they are still far and away number one for podcast consumption. And part of the reason is there's 120 different podcast apps that pull from Apple. So while Spotify is spending money grabbing headlines and is, in my opinion, a better user experience, Apple is still king. Your podcast has to be on Apple Podcasts. Now, when you start a podcast, it might be intimidating when you hear that there are now 2.3 million podcasts out there. Well, guess what? The number of active shows declining. Of those 2.3 million shows, only 322,000 have done at least 10 episodes and are still actively creating content. That is only 14% of the whole ecosystem. Your competition, not as stiff as you might think. Uh, next myth from Rob Walsh that he busts, your podcast needs to be on video. I mentioned this earlier. Not true. Many, in fact, most of the top podcasts in Apple are audio only. Now we have more time in the day to consume audio than we do video because audio is more portable. So audio should be your priority. Now again, good to have a presence on YouTube, but that can be as simple as just uploading your audio with a logo. Be on YouTube, but you don't necessarily have to have video of your show. Rob also had some best practices to share from Apple Podcasts. Number one, the first 30 seconds of your most recent episode are your most important. That's what someone's going to hear first. Also, don't worry about picking a third category in Apple. Two is fine. The third is not as important. Make sure you fill out your copyright fields and your content rating. That's whether you're explicit or not. Those are very important to Apple. And while you can swear in your show, don't swear in your title or your description. Apple's bots can boot you for that. Uh, submit your trailer to Apple Podcasts 30 days prior to your show's launch, if possible. It's rare that it's going to take that long for Apple to list you, but if you're planning a marketing campaign around launching your show, you want to be sure that that show exists before you promote it. Also, I've said this before, I can't say it enough, I'm so glad Rob mentioned this, ratings and reviews do not matter. This isn't Yelp, this isn't TripAdvisor. Yes, they're great for your ego, 
They're positive reinforcement, but it has nothing to do with ranking on Apple charts. The best way to grow your show is to get people to follow it. Don't say subscribe, say follow as long as it's free. And then recommend it to friends. To be successful, you need both good content and good interaction. And finally, I hadn't really thought about this a lot, but Rob was really passionate about privacy. Yes, your IP address is personally identifiable information. That's why we're seeing restrictions on collecting IP addresses from groups in Europe, California, Colorado. More regulations are going to come. And this is likely going to have an effect on dynamic ad insertion going forward, targeting your listeners based on where they're listening or their interests. Think about it. This privacy thing is a big deal. If a potential employer or foreign government could see which podcast you search for or listen to, that is potentially very, very dangerous. So really good point from Rob there. I'm glad he brought it up. You know who commands more revenue than all of podcasting without knowing their users' IP addresses? The Super Bowl. Rob didn't say this specifically, but if you take the time to get to know your listeners, you'll be able to serve them relevant ads without taking their personal information. My two big action items coming out of podcast movement, optimize my podcast and website for SEO, and start an email list where I can send you my content every week. If you'd like to sign up for my weekly email, there is a link to do that in today's show notes. Finally, I gotta say, it was really great to attend an in-person event. Yes, there was some angst about the Delta variant, especially considering I flew down on Delta. There was the Delta area of the convention center where most of the the, uh, seminars were. But as a vaccinated person, I took some calculated risks. I don't have any symptoms, but I got COVID tested before I left and when I got back because I felt it was the responsible thing to do uh, before and after being around so many people. Seth Ressler from Jacobs Media did a great write-up on the weirdness of attending an in-person event at this stage in the pandemic. That is linked in from today's show notes. And I'll wrap up by saying this. There were so many panels at Podcast Movement that I wanted to attend, but I couldn't because of time constraints or running concurrently with other seminars. I bought the virtual pass. I have a lot more seminars to watch when they get released, uh, the videos online later on. And once they are posted online, I'm going to have more to consume and hopefully more to report back to you. As always, if you need help with your podcast, you can find me at jagindetroit.com. And again, as I learned to say this week, don't worry about ratings and reviews. If you think this content was good, please share it with somebody you know. Until next time, stay healthy and stay safe. Later. If you like what you just heard, share The Jag Show with someone else who's interested in podcasts. You can also follow The Jag Show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. For help creating or improving your podcast, visit jagindetroit.com.